It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and it's amazing. I do this every day, and I still press the wrong button like three or four times to start this thing. I don't know what that says about me as an individual. That's a human. Probably just says I'm not very smart, but there we are. Been a long day. Yeah, I guess so. Michael Pappas hanging out with us today. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Zach. How are you? I'm good. So I ended yesterday's show on a rant. Um, I was, we're going to talk a lot about Athlon's preseason um, SEC guide. I think it's very good. I think it's very, very good. It's very, very deep on a lot of different teams. And so uh, I, I don't want to be dissing it by any means. But yesterday I did go on a rant about it, and I got a lot of feedback. And, Pappas, I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. So on uh, early in the magazine, they have a bunch of different rankings, a bunch of different lists. And they had um, ranking college football's new, emphasizing new, head coaches for 2021. Steve Sarkeesian going to Texas should be number one. I'm fine with that. Brian Harson should then be next. Or you have Gus. But they had Harson at three and Gus Malzahn at four. Do you know who they had at number two? Um, I, I do now because you told me. But um, five minutes ago, I did not. Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. And I wish we would have done that live because your response was exactly what I think a lot of people's was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much just a very much surprise. Um, it's ridiculous. That doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Uh, if if my memory serves, the guy's never been a head coach before. He's just he's the Notre Dame defensive coordinator. Right. Um, I mean, cool. I don't whatever man you uh, know my my f- first question to Zach was uh was this written by a Notre Dame grad and Zach you said Vanderbilt grad I'm thinking Notre Dame grad because I don't think that Vanderbilt grads like care enough about football to that's true they're they're writing about either like scholarly essays or baseball yeah the chess team that won the national or the what was it the women's bowling team that won their first national championship or whatever sure. it was. hey good for them Good yeah. for them. I'm sure they worked um, hard, but football is just not their thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we'll be dumb and this will turn out to be an incredible hire, but, like, I, I mean, this has got to be a Notre Dame guy. He's like, no, 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 this guy's awesome. Yeah, he's from Notre Dame. Guy. He's got to be fantastic. Get out of here. All right, so I mean, th- they also have um, unit rankings by conference. They have national rankings, too, but Auburn's not in any of them, so... The, the conference ones, and I just want you to kind of shooting from the hip if you think this is too high, too low, or if you think they got it right and they nailed it. 
So at quarterback, they have Auburn having the seventh best quarterback unit in the SEC. Now, to Athlon's credit, this is before Finley committed when this came out. So take that for what it's worth. Um, without seeing the rest of the list firing from the hip, I mean, that sounds pretty, probably pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I thought so. I think that about, was fine. About halfway. I mean, I'd rather have, probably rather have off the top of my head, Alabama's, I don't even know who's in their quarterback room, but I assume it's like four or five stars. So Alabama's them. at two, Ole Miss is at one, Alabama two, Georgia three, Florida four, LSU five, and Missouri six. I mean, definitely not LSU's now, but yeah, surely that would drop a little bit just from a depth standpoint. But. Yeah, the the first three that you said were the three that that came to mind right away, just from a um, experience standpoint and and overall skilled standpoint. I mean, where Auburn really takes the I don't know takes the drop is that you don't really have anyone who has any experience other than Bo. Now you do with Finley, but sure. when this came out. Um, all right, running back, they have Auburn as the sixth best running back unit. Obviously, uh, top heavy with Tank. And then I'll even put Shivers in there. I think Shivers is an experienced SEC back, but then after that, there's nothing. Yeah, I get that. But, like, I don't I mean, how – when you're talking about a unit, it, it you couldn't use argue it's a two-back unit? And then, Yeah, how many running backs do you want as far as, like, ranking these? Yeah, I don't – that one to me is a little odd. Um, who's above them? Kentucky, I'm guessing. Alabama one. See why? Who? I mean, they're gonna be fine. Can you name? No, I know they'll be fine. They're Alabama, but like, can you name a running back they have coming back? Um, no. I mean, again, I'm sure they're all five stars and they're all great, but like, Najee Harris did everything for them last season. George is at two. A&M's at three, South Carolina's at four, Florida five, then Auburn's at six. South Carolina makes a little bit of sense. They had a, Their guy had a really good season last year. I'm shocked Kentucky's not on there because they've got a running back returning who was like the highest graded in the conference last year or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have Auburn a little higher there just because I think Tank is worth it. But I get this. I, I'm assuming depth is playing into why they're that low. At wide receiver slash tight end, Auburn is at 12. Yeah, I mean, this this is just a big question mark, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of sophomores, redshirt sophomores, whatever. That Inexperience you, all the all across the yeah, board, no matter I how mean, old they, they are. Yeah, you just really haven't seen play at all um, outside of the bowl game. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this one, that does make sense to me. O-line, they say Auburn has the 10th best offensive line unit in the conference. Yeah, same. That makes, I mean. I think that's close. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough about offensive lines. Let me guess. Alabama, Georgia, one and two. Yeah. 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 I mean. Um, Auburn has, according to Athlon, the sixth best defensive line. I thought this was high just because kind of a lot of question marks. A lot of dudes are going to yeah, be playing uh, in a different scheme and a different position. Can Auburn defensive linemen play in a two-gap system? I don't know. I think some of them will be able to. Some of them won't. But I thought this was interesting. Yeah, I agree. And with all the experience that Auburn lost in the transfer portal on the defensive line, it is um, 
it is a little surprising to me that they're they're that high. But I mean, they've obviously done well in recruiting. They've got guys coming in via via the portal. Right. They've got. I mean, there is no lack of talent on the defensive line. Plus, you know, they move big boy uh, certified big boy JJ Pegues over. Correct. Yes. So um, that obviously boosted them up at least two spots. I'd say. We've got a defensive lineman who's number 89. Who's stopping us? You know what I mean? He should have immediately switched to, like, number five or number three. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, any any single digit outside of, like, one and two or here, seven. Here is the one that bothers me the most. They have Auburn having the fourth best linebacker room. And I'm sorry, get out of here with that crap. That's just that is wrong. That is really, really wrong. I I don't I don't I don't think I agree with you. you, you is is four too high or is four correct? I mean, without I, I don't have the magazine. I've never seen the list before. Um So they've got I'm, Alabama at one, they've got Georgia at two, and then they have uh Florida at three. So he, here's the big issue for Auburn. I know that um, Chainsaw McLean was like the leading tackler in the SEC last season. And Owen Papo, you know, former five-star is obviously very – unfortunately, if you're looking at the rosters and you see, okay, two of your starting running – two of your starting linebackers are coming in at six foot – what was it, 185 or something? I mean, they're just – it's tough for me to be like, yeah, that guy is clearly better than, I mean, insert five-star at one of the three schools that you just named or Texas A&M or... But they've done it. They've done it. They've been really, really successful, and they've been really, really good. They're also not great at pass coverage. What what college linebackers are? That, that, that would be my response to, back to that. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm not, like... Or I'm dumping on them. I think they're incredible. You're pooping on them a little bit, but I, I, I think I think the way you're approaching this is is justified. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Think I think about it's wrong, who, but <laughs> but but I, I respect where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, and in addition, who are we considering linebackers? I guess is also because that, that's a great question. We don't even know. I mean, with all the different scheming that Derek Marshall. Whoa. Derek Mason does. It, Derek um, Marshall's cousin. Yeah. Is Derek sure. Mason. I don't know. I'm joking. Um, yeah. Trying to help you out. With all the different scheming that he does, I, I mean, are they going to be playing like a 3-4? Is it a 4-3? Or is the base, like, what's the base defense? It's going to be all be? kinds of we stuff. Don't even, yeah, we don't even know. So if we're including like... 2-4-5, baby. So yeah, if it's a 2-4-5, based on that, the edge guys would be linebackers. So like Derek Hall's in this room. Yeah, and then I think that, you know, you get a little more questionable. Or did they try to standardize it like across the entire SEC to try to Yeah, they don't really have notes on this. They just have a chart with numbers. So they don't really break it down, sadly. Um last one before we uh, wrap up this part of the show. They have Auburn as the number 4 defensive back room. That makes sense to me. I mean, I, with a, I think that's correct. You want to guess who number one is? Alabama. I mean, yeah. LSU at two, A and M at three, 
and then Auburn at four. I, I think that's fine. A and M seems strangely high on all these lists. I'm not gonna lie. on all everything that we've talked about. Yeah, it's so June. They're always high on everything in June. Yeah. Texas A and M. Well, they're the not best as high team. as they usually are in like October first. <laughs> June and July is like the the two months for Texas A and M fans. Are you kidding me? Uh, Off-season magazines love A&M. Every single year, it never makes sense to me, but whatever. All right. Today's show. With the, yes. With the new corner they just brought in. 6'4", come on. Uh, yeah. Today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Paps, did you watch the fight this weekend? Which fight? Um, Mayweather-Paul. No. Well... My boy Floyd was walking in with a betonline.ag mask. So, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I didn't buy that fight. And I did. Based I did, on the reactions that I saw, it seems like I uh, made the right decision. Yeah, a lot of people that are saying that, though, like didn't buy the fight. So I think it's a little weird. I thought it was good. I got my money's worth out of it. But anyway, betonline.ag is the best place to bet on any fight that you buy or do not buy as well as uh, basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, baseball, anything. Get on, a, get in on the action. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to buy all of the automobile parts, whether it's your car, a truck, an SUV, they have a great extended catalog that is very easy to navigate and find what exactly you need, sorted by brands and prices and, and all sorts of things. And all their prices are very competitive and reasonably priced and low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box, please, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Continuing on through this uh, this Athlon guide, I thought this quote was interesting, Michael Pappas. I would like to read this to you if that's okay. Please if you do. don't, if you don't mind. If I fall asleep, I promise I'm I'm paying attention. Your voice has just soothed me. Oh, stop so it! That I needed to close my eyes, stop and I'm definitely it. not asleep. Well. If I close my eyes, I think I would fall asleep. I'm exhausted. Um, all right, so this is a scouting the Tigers section, and it just says opposing coaches size up Auburn. So I am taking this as they don't say who this is. I think it's just anonymous coaches in the conference and what they've said, and uh, specifically one person. So I want to read this to you and get your thoughts. Here it is. Quote, so far, we hear that it is a total culture change. Brian Harson is a grinder, detail-oriented, first-year stuff where he thinks everything should change. Wants to kill off any of that image that Gus Malzahn's teams had and make it about running the ball and blue-collar and all that. But does he have a clue about recruiting? That's the simple biggest question right now in the league. The real reason Gus is out isn't because Auburn fell behind Alabama. It's because they fell behind Clemson and Georgia and Florida. Is a guy from Boise going to fix that? They're going to try to put a physical culture in, one-on-ones, wide receivers against DBs in practice, get mean, that kind of stuff. This was an outside zone running team 
that's going to throw everything into the inside run game. Harson sold them on being a blue-collar team, being Pat Dye. Derek Mason's defense is going to be interesting, and it may have to carry them early on because if they dump in all that shift and motion stuff, that offense is used to looking at a single play card. It might be a tough learning curve. At Vandy, Mason would scheme you to death. He would do a lot to try to hide the talent gap, and sometimes it worked. What's it going to look like at a place where he has a better defense than he ever did at Vanderbilt or Stanford? Day one, he's got more to work with than ever. Do they simplify? What does their base defense look like? That's the most important thing for them until they can bring the offense along. What are your takeaways from that? Anything crazy? Yeah, I turned my mic back on first. Um, sure. No, Glad no, I don't back. think there's anything crazy. I mean, I think they pretty much laid out exactly what everyone has been saying, right? That if there's a learning curve, it's probably going to be on offense. And we're in a situation where uh, I think what a lot of people wanted was a full culture change. And I think they brought in a coach to do that. So my biggest concern, Pappas, is... I think halfway through the season, when Auburn starts losing games, and I don't think they're going to lose a ton of games by any means. I think I think they're going to go seven and five or eight and four. But I'm just worried that we're going to forget that it's like, hey, we just started a reset, so let's hold on for a second here. Like that's going to take time. It's going to take time. I mean, until all of the guys in the locker room were recruited by Brian Harson. I just, uh, and that's going to take a few years. That's going to take a few years to get to that point. Yeah. You're right about that. Um, I also, I know that obviously the, there is a big question mark about Harson coming to, to Auburn from Boise and recruiting, but, I feel like he did a pretty good job of surrounding his staff with some or surrounding him with a staff full of some notoriously good recruiters and a lot of guys that really know the area well. Yeah, and ever since campus has opened back up at the start of the month, it seems like Auburn's done a really good job. And you hear all these reports coming out of it where it's like, yeah, it's way more organized now than it was for the last eight years. It's like, wow, okay then. And it's still amazing to me that all this stuff is coming out about Gus and like how incompetent his program was. And it's like, okay, one, I think we're exaggerating it a little bit because he was good at what he did for the most part. But let's assume it's true. If Gus ran that poor of a program and everything was just totally messed up from a recruiting standpoint and he recruited around 10 every time, if Brian Harson's that much better, that much organized, we should be five or six every single season, which that is that is exciting. And also, like, the fact that Gus was so bad but he never had a losing season is like, wow. All right, so maybe we got a chance to really do something special. I mean, yeah, I, and I, don't, I, I, I don't know how else to approach that. And apparently, like, a stupidly good recruiter? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's kind of gotten lost in this as people, you know, like you're saying, they're focusing on the, like, how how much disarray there was inside the program and stuff, mm-hmm. but like, does that make it more impressive? 
I think that's, a, that, I mean, yeah, there's certainly a way you could spin that. I mean, if you're UCF, you're kind of like, all right, let's get him a chief of staff or, or whatever, who is head of recruiting, who, who is just going to like do all that stuff for him. Well, you all hear all this stuff and like this quote I just read where it's like, they're used to looking at a single play card. And it's like, how did this guy beat Bama more than everybody else? Like, how did that happen? If it's yeah. as bad as everyone's making it out to be. And I'm sure, I'm sure that it, it, some of these things are exaggerations, but still like, if that's what everybody wants to say right now, like how in the world was this the guy to beat Bama more than anybody else? I mean, also like single play card. They, we, <laughs> that's not news. Like we've been saying for years that they run like the same five plays just out of like 19 or 20 different formations. Right. I mean, and, and People, I mean, it got figured out. Sometimes, yeah. like half the time, it got figured out, and the other half the time, it like worked really well. And crazy. then every now and then, he just put together a beautiful game plan. It's like, yeah. where is this, Gus? Where was that? Yeah, yeah. All right. the The thing about Derek Mason, though, I think is a very good point. Uh, just about like he's never had this good of talent. Yeah, and like, does he start working a little less on the the scheming to? Like I don't know what 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 the quote said. Scheming to minimize the talent gap. If the talent gap's not there, is he gonna simplify his scheme a little bit? Yeah, it's like do and you just kind of do you perfect like lesser things, or do you kind of spread more scheme across you know more guys? Yeah, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, hopefully he would just scheme a ton with better players. That's kind of. My hope and my assumption until proven otherwise, because I think he's a guy that wants to prove he can be a head coach again. I think this is a short-term thing, his stint at Auburn, and I think Auburn fans should hope for that. So, yeah, I I don't think he's going to work less. I don't think he's that kind of guy, but still an interesting question to ask. No doubt about it. Today's show... Go ahead. If I said work less, that's not... No, I I know. I I know. I mean, it's... I don't really know how to put it, but whatever. Today's show brought to you by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy has a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in it. It has three flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. And it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each and every month. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. To the Locked On College Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE to get 20% off all products on your first order. That's lucy.co, lucy.co, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Also, I have to say this and give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Final few minutes here as Michael Pappas joins us on today's Locked on Auburn. Wanted to give this recruiting note. Holden Gariner is now going to the Elite 11 Finals. Of course, he is the four-star quarterback from Savannah, Georgia. That is committed to the Tigers. And he is in town today, Thursday, as this podcast drops. And uh, Keith Niebuhr notes that he'll be in Auburn until um, the end of the day, Saturday, to help Auburn recruit. So I think that is exciting. I think Auburn fans should be pumped about that. Consistently having guys in the Elite 11 is good. That is very, very good. Pappas, I was asked a question in my weekly appearance on the Max Roundtable in Montgomery. Uh, Doug and Daryl were hosting the show today. And I hopped on and one of their Auburn fan listeners sent the show a text And I guess earlier in the show, they were talking about the Nick Saban deal, you know, extending him for another seven years or whatever. But they asked me, like, okay, if Bruce Pearl had continued success over the next seven years, would the Auburn fan base be okay with, like, if he wanted to step away seven years from now and, like, pass the job on to his son, Stephen Pearl, would the Auburn fan base be okay with it? And I said yes. And they were shocked that I said yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with no, because if he's only here for another seven years, that's messed up. He's not that old. I mean, come on. He'd okay. be. Nope. No re- okay. All right. Uh, on a serious note, uh, I don't I don't really know enough about Stephen Pearl to be like, yeah, he'd be a great replacement or so no. So he's 61. Like, do you think he's coaching when he's 68? He's 61? Yeah. It's like the most energetic 61-year-old I've ever seen. Jeez. Okay, sorry. I rescind my attempt at humor. Um, Makes a little more sense now why you didn't think it was funny. Anyway. I was like, he um, he is kind of... I don't want to be working when I'm 61. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't either. Um, (laughs) Although, if you paid me what what Auburn pays Bruce, I'd probably find some time. Uh, That is true. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would look at it more as Bruce will go with retiring for this conversation, him retiring and Auburn hiring an assistant coach that's been with the program for 13, 14 years at that point. Yeah. Then more so than Bruce retiring and, and giving the job to his son. Um, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if it was coach Pruitt or I don't know any of the other assistant coaches on the staff, but if it was, any of the other assistant coaches, I don't think that this is really a conversation. That is true. That is true. And that's a good, uh, that's a good angle to take. But I also like, am totally okay with the fact it's like, I'm okay with us saying, yeah, we owe Bruce Pearl. You can, we'll, we'll, the guy after you, we don't care. We owe you whatever you want. I'm totally okay with that angle too. And some people aren't going to be, but I am. 
I mean, as long as it's not like Bruce steps down and they give Steven like a lifetime contract or, or a 10-year contract sure. that Auburn can't get out of, then like, yeah. I mean, if it's a normal coach's contract for, you know, whatever the Auburn program is at the time, yeah, I'm going to be fine with it. Yeah, and I mean, seven yeah. years is just so long from now as well. I mean. I feel like I'm missing something. What do you mean? Like, I feel like there should be more of a reason that, the, like, a glaring reason that they would be like, why, why would you not be mad? You know, like, um, I think there's a lot of people don't think Stephen Pearl does anything and that he's just there because it's who his dad is. Mm. But in reality, he does a lot of recruiting and he's also, um, over, I got a text after I did that radio interview that he's evidently over one of the pods that scouts future teams. Like he's a legitimate coach. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't... But, but I, don't, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that think... To, to answer your question, I think there's a lot of people out there that think he's just there because of his dad. Which is a shame, because yeah. that is not true. I mean, uh, at this point in, like, Bruce's career and at Auburn, it would be such a huge liability to have Steven be on your staff if he didn't do anything. Yeah, I agree. Like, why would you waste that? That doesn't yeah, make any I mean, sense. And honestly, ridiculously impressive. If it's true, <laughs> fair. Um, um, I, I, th- yeah. I think the biggest argument you can make, and he played college basketball, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. at, at Tennessee, right? But he, it's like it's weird to me that like both him and Pruitt don't get calls from mid-major jobs that come open, and they may get calls and they say, "Hey, I'm not interested." Like that very well could happen. I don't, I don't know. But that is interesting. Like whenever, you know, a job opens up, it's like they're never on any of these short lists. I think that's interesting. But other than that, it's like, yeah, I think they're really good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, Pruitt has zero head coaching experience in collegiate basketball other than being an Auburn assistant, right? I mean, and he's been... Yeah, he went from Lee Scott to to that. Yeah. And he's been in the area for... I don't know his background, but I mean, it's at least what, 24 years or something. I mean, he coached me when I was in like ninth grade, eighth grade. Okay. Well, I was thinking more like for his kids entire life, but sure. That. I don't, I don't think that's true because I think they were at faith Academy for a minute. Okay. So we'll say the last 15 to th- 20 years. I mean, something I, like I'm that. comfortable with you saying 15. Sure. Okay. So it, it's, Maybe they just love the area. Like they seem, he and his wife, from what I can tell, seem to be rather. Tanya. Yeah, seem to be rather content with living in Auburn and. It's a great place. Yeah, just like they're, I mean, they seem happy. I don't know them at all. I don't know why I'm acting like they are, but acting like I do, sorry. But I don't know. All right. Stop talking. Where can people find you and hear you, buddy? <laughs> follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Fantastic. I ramble less on there. Hey, I like that. I like it. I just like hearing you talk. All right, we're done. Okay. Uh, that is Michael Pappas. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. The 
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.